Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Bashinsky. And with me today, I have our Gray Hat co-host, Ted Kabaitis. Say hi there, Ted. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Better than me. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, uh, Ted's going to have a little bit of stuff to show us in, in a little bit. But uh, first, I'll get to uh, uh, our preamble. I start at the beginning of every show. This is the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. I guess today it's white hat versus gray hat, or we're you know because Ted doesn't like to say he's black hat, even though he's doing some crazy black hat stuff. Maybe he'll oh, share with us later on. But I'm totally black hat. <laughs> okay, so today he's a black hat. Great, good. So we have the white hat versus the black hat. Good, fantastic. And so the white hat versus black hat SEO show is a show where we talk about SEO. Um, uh, we are the finest SEO show on on YouTube because we use the highest amount of single variable uh, experiment evidence. We do experiments in controlled environments so we can isolate the ranking factors. We have well over 200 to 300 tests that have been done now uh, by our group and by various sister groups that are all aligned of peers reviewing everyone's testing, kind of the way science works. And so we have a very uh, high detailed knowledge of exactly how the uh, uh, ranking algorithms are working. In fact, uh, if I may be so bold, I would say that our group probably has the highest SEO knowledge out there of any SEO group. And we probably uh, uh, equal, if not surpass, the knowledge of, of even ex-Google employees, for example, uh, because they might understand a little bit better how it's actually coded in the back end, asking their friends. But we know the results in terms of what happens in the, in, the, in the search results. And so I like to think that we are some of the best people to listen to when it comes to SEO. So if you're watching live on YouTube, uh, which you can do so, by all means, you can uh, ask questions on the top right-hand side, which I think will be this way when I point. Uh, if it's not, uh, that makes sense. I think so. Uh, it'll be on the top right-hand side. And uh, ask questions. Yeah, I did it right. <laughs> I'm 30 seconds delayed. And uh, so go ahead, ask your questions. Try to put a few asterisks uh, in front of it so I can see it with my big Coke bottle glasses here. And we're just going to be doing kind of an SEO Q&A today. If you have a site you want us to look at, we can do that. Ted's going to have a couple of – he's made some interesting uh, – uh, uh, discoveries lately, and uh, so he's going to be showing us uh, uh, stuff about that. But that image transferred, by the way. Looks oh, okay, fantastic. So I see. Okay, well, great. We'll just uh, go ahead and share your screen when you want to talk about it. And uh, in fact, uh, Ted, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, Cora. Uh, so just so you know who Ted is, Ted is the has been an SEO for many many years. But also, he's the author of the Cora uh, SEO software. Uh, Cora, for those of you who don't know, is a correlation software. It checks hundreds of factors, something like 500 factors now, Ted, something along those lines? Uh, yeah, about uh, about 540, I think, at last count. Jeez, OK. So he's, he's checking uh, uh, over 500 factors uh, and over 1,000 pages at once in your particular area. So if you typed in lawyer DUI, into into his Google into his Google emulator in Cora, uh, it would actually do a search in Google, and he would pull out all the correlations of everyone that's ranking and everyone that's that's not ranking, and you would see the difference. And after he had built the software, he has some very interesting kind of add-ons he can do. He's making a rank tracker based on this software. He's also noticed something very interesting lately, and he mentioned it last time. And we're going to talk about it again. So Ted, go ahead, take it away. Tell us about this uh, A/B testing you're seeing with the meta description because it could be very important for people. Yeah, so the the common wisdom that you'll encounter out on the web is people saying that keyword tuning your meta description uh, 
is pointless and the keywords in the meta description don't help you rank. Uh, but that's not what I'm seeing. I've been uh, building a rank tracker, as many people already know. And what we're looking at here is the movers and shakers output from the, the rank tracker results. And so I'm looking at this one result where every day, like clockwork, Google switches the summary snippet in the search results. So it's picking one from the page, then it does another one from the page. And every day it goes back and forth between the two uh, snippets that they're picking. Now, this page has a meta description tag, but Google's not picking it because it's not tuned for the target search term. So by making their meta description tuned for something other than the search term, they're forcing Google to go pick the snippet to use in the search results. And because of that, Google is doing this thing that looks like daily A-B testing in the search results. And as you can see, every day there's a swing of three rank positions because of this change. They're up three, they're down three. They're up three, they're down three. So by not keyword tuning the meta description, this website, business.com, it's a big website, has introduced volatility into their search results. There are other competitors who directly target the search term in their meta description don't get this volatility. Yeah, so again, that's that's really interesting. Um... It's it's not only is it interesting that Google is A/B testing the meta, uh, the, the the snippet, the summary that they want to use, which should be your meta description if it's filled out properly, but if you don't have the keyword in there, they might not choose it. Not only is it interesting that they're 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 A/B testing different sentences randomly from your page, but that they want to boost you or or demote you by a few spots when they do that. So that's fascinating. Now. We don't know for sure that it has to do with the meta description, but it sure looks like it's correlated with the meta description. Oh, well, I'm also tracking uh, HTML changes on the page, mm. and there are no HTML changes. If there were, it would tell us in a big number how many changes it detected in the rendered source. Right. So it's right. pretty much just Google changing the description. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, so again, so this is like this is Ted and I were having a conversation before this. It's like it's almost like I need another level on my evidence chart. Like I have there's correlation studies, there's in the wild observations, there's correlation studies like what Ted can do in terms of a spectrum of evidence from from worser to better. And then there's single variable experiments where you control everything, right? And I'm sure you guys have all seen my graph. If you haven't seen my graph here, just I'll put it up here just so you guys know what I'm talking about. But it's almost like I need a uh, another another kind of um, uh, 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 part of my graph here or something, because it it there there, well, there are observations that are a bit more. There's one one piece you're missing, and that's validation in the field. That's when you take the information from these levels and you go and get a successful result in the field. Right, right, right. Of course. Yeah, that's that's a whole other topic, though. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That has to be part of the process. Um, but it's almost like between one and two here, I could put like another one, like 
like many, many, many different correlations, you know, all, all, all pointing at a single thing. Because here's, here's, the, here's the problem is that, and then Rand Fishkin would say, well, this is just correlation. This is not showing causation. But yeah, but it's showing a lot of correlations, right? You're using Cora, like, correct me if I'm wrong. You're using Cora, looking over those 540 different factors and seeing everything that's changing and everything that's not changing. And when these pages are going up and down, the only thing or one of the only things you see changing is the fact that they don't have the keywords in the meta description and the pages that are state constant, they do have keywords in the meta description. Yeah, this particular example, the only change on this website is the snippet Google's picking. Right. Because right. it was published on March 8th, and I do change detection on the source. I'm doing change de uh, detection on the search result. And the only change detected day after day is what Google's picking. Right. So this this is this is amazing. That this actually should this should blow everyone's mind because not only is this an example of how your rank tracker is going to work, which is insane, right? I told you I was going to break, yeah. break yeah. the internet with it. Yeah, it, it's not a rank tracker. It's a it's a complete in, environment tracker. It's like you're on the inter, sorry for a geeky reference, but it's literally it's like you're like the, you're on the enterprise and you're recording every single quantum particle movement in the atmosphere of a planet for months, and so you can tell with with um, well, with why why I'm doing a rank tracker is because I feel they all do it wrong. They all like give you your rankings and they sprinkle in API data and hope yes. magic happens. And a rank tracker shouldn't tell you necessarily why things rank. It should tell you how things change. And you infer the why based on the strength of the correlations. The problem with the other rank trackers is they have no strength of any correlations. They're making wild guesses as to what they think the ranking factors are. And they're telling you maybe, oh, the links change. You know, of course, of course, you're all gonna say the links change. Links are easy to track. You know, I, I just made I just made this point to my private group. Uh, I have a private Skype group. Uh, it's called my mentor group. And, and they pay uh, uh, X, amount, X amount per month. And then they get free courses and they get free access to me. And I get to do SEO quickies for them and stuff like that. And I was just saying the other day that, you know, of course, all the one one person asked if they should be using the link detox tool in 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 uh, Kemper's link research tools. And I said, and I'm like, I'm like, why do you think you should? And they're like, well, because they say that they say that it'll help ranking. And I'm like, well, of course they do. <laughs> it's their tool. They're trying to sell it to you. Right. So, of course, all the link, all the link tools say that links are a factor. Otherwise, why wouldn't they bother effing tracking them? Right? It's, it's, it's like it's like going to the used car lot and and. And all oh, this car is a good car. Oh, why do you think that? Well, because the salesperson told me. Okay, well, of course the salesperson told you it's a good car. They're trying to sell you the car, right? So getting back to your rank tracker, I mean, this is not just one correlation in the wild, right? This is not just uh, one. And you're not even saying it's necessarily a causally a factor. You're saying I have a fabric of numerous correlations, about 540 correlations to be exact. No, 539 correlations. Well, I'm not showing a rank, a, a position change but I can show a change. These ones always stay constant. These ones with this one factor off always change. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a guess what the one factor is, right? And you, you can't say for sure it is, for certain it is, but you can say for sure it's not the other three, 539. So there only leaves one left. So it's it's stronger than just, it, it, it's not cause correlation fallacy at all. It's multiple correlations that would lead you to very reasonably assume, in my opinion, that, that your, your hypothesis is correct. Well, yeah, and the fact that this is repeating on a daily interval, 
you know, it's, you know, there's nothing change, changing. The article is the same as, as when it was published. It was published on March 8th. They're not changing this web page and it's fluctuating three positions each and every day and it's swapping out the summary snippet. Right. That's now, to go to your other point you made. So in the, in the process point, as SEO scientists, now it depends on how much time a day you have, right? That's pretty good. If I didn't have a lot of time per day and I wasn't doing single variable tests, I would take that that core piece of information. That's the kind of piece of information. That's the kind of gold that, that core can get for you. If you guys don't know what core is and this rank tracker that's coming out, which is going to be nuts. It's going to be insane. It's going to increase our knowledge so much. You, you're not even going to believe it. And um, you can just run with that knowledge and assume it's pretty good, pretty truthy. It's got pretty good truthiness on it, right? If I was gonna, if I was gonna bend truth into kind of a scale of gray, <laughs> postmodern kind of adjective, and you could just run with it, and you'd probably be fine. But if you really want to be an SEO scientist, what I should do now is I should test this, and I could very easily test this in a controlled environment, and I can make sure the keyword is not in a meta description for one page and see if it fluctuates a bunch. I could confirm this in a single variable test like that. And so then take that, and then you're right. That wouldn't be enough even yet to say that we have knowledge. Then well, peer, peer groups need to repeat that. And then even after that, we have to go back and do it in the wild and see if we can, one, a page that's fluctuating, see if we can make it stop fluctuating. There, there are occurrences in the wild where the meta description does not have the snippet. So there's this one other variable of how do you get Google to pick the snippet? Because mm -hmm. you can have a meta description defined and it won't be keyword optimized and Google will use it. So there's the, the one unknown in this scenario is how do you get Google to do this thing where it picks the snippet? I wonder if traffic is another, another scenario or quality I wonder if if it's this page is also maybe doesn't have the keyword in this in the snippet, and it's got in, it's getting quality problems or traffic problems. It's I wonder if that's the other variable. Maybe like there's some, some indicator of it's worth optimizing, so Google's willing to A/B test it. Right, right, and that's why also maybe it, it will we'll fluctuate it up and down because we see all the time Google A/B testing pages for various reasons, not always because they have this meta description issue. So, so one, I'm making a note to do that test. <laughs> one, <laughs> so let me just make make a note here in my notes. Uh, I want to uh, do meta. Uh, if this thing wasn't so slow. For some reason, this page is always super slow. Well, and it'll be interesting to see if you can replicate a it. single variable test invoke Google's behavior to pick the snippet. Yeah. So that, that would be interesting all by itself, and it's probably the prerequisite before doing any further testing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've made a note to do that. So for those of you in my private groups, um, you'll see on the Monday test meeting and uh, that we'll start testing that. And then we will start, um, uh, we'll see the results hopefully in, in some point. So that's fantastic. And so that's also really exciting and interesting about how your rank tracker works. It's not even, rank tracker is not even the, the proper way to call it. It's, it's a different beast entirely. It really should be SERP tracker or Google tracker or just like, I mean, 
I, I can't even think of the adjective because you're tracking everything. You're tracking all the correlative factors across all these pages on every SERP someone wants to keep tracking. It's like Cora on steroids that keeps running and tracking and noticing things and says, hey, did you see this? Uh, you know, all these rankings changed and this is these are the biggest changes that happened. Maybe it has something to do with this and you can make an educated guess as to whether or not you want to play with those factors, test those factors in the wild, test them in single variable. It is, it is just crazy nuts. Okay, let's go to the um, let's go to the page here. See if we got any questions. Uh, if anybody has any questions about this stuff, Crush My SEO says this is why I love Wednesdays. Wednesdays now. Yes, I'm glad you enjoy the show. Um, Fran asks, how long should I wait before linking before linking PBN to the money site? Um, uh, and I see Stephen says after I don't recommend PBNs. Um, that's that's a great question, Fran. Uh, not to contradict Stephen, who chimed in there, which I, I appreciate chiming in to, to give uh, one of my previous things. It's not that I don't recommend PBNs. If you already have PBNs, then by all means, link away. It, it's that as, as a linking strategy, PBNs for me are just too time consuming and too, too expensive and, and too much of a, a, a margin for error because um, you can pass on a penalty that used to be on a site onto your new site without knowing it because a lot of the reasons, a lot of PBNs are built on expired domains. And a lot of the reasons why those domains are expired is because they uh, got a penalty and people stopped paying for them. And so you'll never know. You're, it's, like, it's like people are giving you tissue to eat from animals and one piece of tissue has a cancerous tumor in it or has poison or toxin in it and you never necessarily really know for sure. So that's why I don't like PBNs. But like I said, if you already have a PBN network set up, then, then by all means, go ahead. Um, to be safe, I might buy some Facebook traffic and, and wait for a month and have the traffic come to my site, then make the links. But I don't think it makes any difference. Um, in testing, we let the we always let the pages age for a few weeks before doing any tests. So I have never just made a page and then linked it uh, in testing. So I can't tell you what would happen exactly. Uh, so just to be safe on a money site, I might buy some traffic from Facebook or Google, let it run for a month, see what Google's doing, and then start throwing some links on there. Yeah. From uh, the black hat side, uh, never make a mess you can't clean up. Uh, what I recommend you do is you do a microsite. A microsite is just a small website you control completely. And then you PBN to the microsites, the microsites link to the to the money website. And the reason you want to do that is because if Google ever puts the hurt down on the sites that the PBNs are linking to, then you're just a $2 domain purchase away from being back up and running. So if you want to be able to protect your money site and to be able to move those links around and never lose a resource, uh, you have to have the microsites as a as a middle layer between the money sites and the PBN links. Yeah, I mean, and that's also, I, I mean, this is all super interesting, right? Because we have other crazy tests going on and my group is doing, and we're using uh, POP, which is Page Optimizer Pro, which is Kyle's uh, tool, which does crazy on-page optimization. And we're starting to realize that you can pop not only your 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 money pages, but you can pop your internal link pages and get a bigger boost to your money page. And you can even pop your backlink, your external backlink pages and get an even on the same, on the same keyword you're trying to rank the money page for and get a bigger boost to your money page. And it's times three to times four the boost. And it doesn't even look like the anchor tag is important anymore. 
you got a, a technical jargon term. What does it mean to pop a page for people who don't know? <laughs> yeah, so that, that means that means to do proper on page on the page. But when I say pop a page, I literally mean using the Page Optimizer Pro tool. There are two tools in SEO that you need for sure. It's whatever Ted makes, <laughs> just buy whatever Ted makes, this new rank tracker, Cora, whatever, both of them, if, if they're built in, whatever it is, get that, because it's gonna be nuts. I'm telling you, it's gonna be nuts. And then Page Optimizer Pro, which is Kyle's tool. It's the only tools, and SEMrush to, to some limited degree. It's really the only tools in SEO that cost money that I recommend, and I only recommend them because they're both freaking awesome. I never, I, I, you know, people email me every week, could you talk about my tool on the show? And I look at their tool and I think it's crap, and I say, sorry, no, I, I don't tell them I think it's crap, of course, that'd be rude. But I'm like, no, sorry, I don't. You know when Josh says something is good, it's because I've tested it and because I know it's good, and so that's why I'm recommending it. So, um, yeah, and so we're using, we're doing on-page optimization. So let's say I want to rank for uh, best red apples on my money page. I would have a, a bunch of internal links about why red apples, why are we the best red apples? You should get best red apples, you know, why, why the 10 best things about the best red apples. And we're optimizing for best red apples on these pages too, internally, linking up to this best red apples money page, and that gives a boost. And that was originally Eric Lantry's uh, suggestion that he tested in the wild, I believe in the wild. And uh, Monsieur Lancheries from uh, Mon Montreal, uh, please forgive the terrible accent. And uh, I, I think I have to owe it to Eric because we're testing this. And at first, I have to admit, I was a little doubtful, but I was like, yeah, yeah, just internal links. Internal, yes, internal links boost. But we we tested this, and first I tested click here links that were internal, and they didn't give any boost at all. Then we tested exact match query internal links, and they didn't give any boost at all. I'm like, what? This is this makes no sense, right? Exact match query internal links are supposed to give you a boost. Uh, everybody knows that, right? That's that's common knowledge. And then we optimize these backlink pages for, for the keyword in question, best red apples in this example, and then the, the, the page went up by three spots. So I'm like, oh, I think Eric might be onto something. I think, and then we, we're, doing, we're doing the same test with, with external backlink pages, and we get the same kind of boosts. I did a, a test in the wild. I've done a test in, in a controlled environment now. Same result. We're repeating all these tests two or three times, to, to be sure. So I really think it has almost nothing to do with the anger text now. I think it has to do with the, the whole semantic collection of pages that link to each other, and they all point up to one page, and that's on Best Red Apples. These all talk about Best Red Apples. They'll boost this for Best Red Apples, I think. And um, so it's super exciting. And so, sorry, my segue was originally on what Ted was talking about. So when he's talking about in the Black Hat world, where you've got PBNs to microsites, to, so you've got tier three to tier two to tier one kind of a deal, it's really important to make sure you're optimizing those tiers for the, for the query, not just an anchor text. And this is like this micro silo that, that Clint, uh, my old Black Hat co-host, used to talk about. Um, this is the only reason why you might want to have a blog is because on your blog pages, you're talking about best red apples, and you're getting you're getting links down here that say you can't edit, you can't edit the you can't pop the the, the content. Maybe you can't even change the the anchor text. So then you filter that link juice through the proper semantic. In this case, best red apples, optimizing your your blog pages, and then link up to your money page for best red apples. And that would be a way you could do it there as well. So very exciting, interesting ideas. Um, okay, so crush my SEO goes on and says something else. Now this I want to say this as well. So he, he makes a comment, uh, he or she makes a comment. They say, uh, in their opinion, it depends on how many foundation links you've sent first. 
Um, so not to jump all over you, my friend, crush my SEO, whoever you are. Um, so please do not take this the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative towards you in any way, say, perform. But I want to kind of put the brakes a little bit on this phrase, foundation links. It sounds to me like it's it's a catchphrase of some other SEO somewhere. And I don't know what it means, so I can't really speak to it, but it sounds to me kind of like SEO BS. Um, again, now this is gonna sound really conceited, but please understand where I'm coming from when I say this. It's like I'm a medical doctor. It's like I'm the only trained medical doctor by science in a town of people who think witch doctorism actually heals people. And so they come to me and say, I have a cold. Should I call the spirits? And I'm like, what in the F do you mean call the spirits? <laughs> like, like, people always ask me, should I do this SEO tactic? Should I do this SEO tactic? My answer is, I don't know. I've never tested it. I have a proven test environment that I can rank sites with. I never deviate from my proven test environment. And so I don't know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Maybe foundation links, whatever that is, is a good thing. I have no idea, but I just gotta warn you guys to listen to the witch doctors, right? Don't listen to the witch doctors. Don't buy into their whole philosophy of doing SEO unless they've done the same kinds of experimentation that you see me and Ted doing and Holly on the black side as well. Unless they've been testing this stuff for years in a controlled environment or something better than in the wild, because in the wild observations are not good enough alone because you don't really know what's happening in the wild, right? So this sounds to me like a guess, like somebody guessed, they just pulled this knowledge out of their ass, which is to say it's not knowledge at all, it's a guess. They said, oh, maybe you should have these things called foundation links and they name it foundation links to make it sound like it's a thing when it's not, that's not a thing as far as I know. Um, and I have, you know, I can test it if you want me to, but it's not really a thing. So do you, get, do you guys get what I mean? It's like, don't go listening to the witch doctors for your health go to someone who has the, uh, the background of empirical science. Don't accept the answer from witch doctors. And then, uh, and, and of course, they might not be witch doctors, right? They could be good scientists. So go and ask them, okay, what's your evidence for foundation links? What is it? Where are your tests? You know, what, what is, what's your evidence? And, and by all means, uh, if they're making a positive claim, they need to have, bring some evidence. So uh, again, I didn't mean to jump all over anybody there, uh, uh, but, but I, I keep hearing this kind of thing, like even in my private groups, people keep coming on and I love you guys in my private groups, but people keep coming on. They're like, Oh, Josh, should I do this X, Y, Z silo thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Right. I've never tested it. How am I supposed to know if it works or not? I, I, I have no idea until I test it and I don't accept it in my SEO strategy until it's tested. And I, I and why would I go test it? I have an SEO strategy. I know it works. Go to uh, bit.ly slash SEO proof. It's bit.ly slash SEO proof. And you can see all my latest results based on all my experimentations. There's like 40 different results in there, like 20 different uh, examples in there or something like that. That I get those results based on my, on my uh, theories, which are based on my experiments. If I haven't done an experiment, it's not part of my theory. So, and, and in my opinion, it shouldn't be part of your theory either. And at the very least, we shouldn't be talking about it like it's a thing. Because if we start talking about foundation links like it's a thing, then people are going to get confused and they're going to think it's a thing. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just rambling. It doesn't make any sense. But okay. Other questions. The magnet says all I'm saying is that we should be using a much more stringent uh, SEO uh, methodology for our knowledge and uh, testing more stuff. I'm, I'm, I would happily test whatever foundation links are. Um, that sounds very dubious to me for a number of reasons that I won't. Uh, I'll, I've talked about that enough. Okay. 
So the magnet asks, so should we not use the meta description field and just allow Google to pull the data from the on-page copy? Um, Ted, did you want to take that one? Did you hear the question? Ted, are you still there? I don't know, Ted's, maybe Ted's- I'm oh, sorry, I was muted. I was uh, <laughs> no, looking no into another question. Uh, what was the question again? Yeah, no, no, it was just, it was related to your uh, your talk. So the magnet asks, so should you not use the meta description field and just allow Google to pull the data from the on-page copy? I, I think no, and because by doing that, if Google goes into A-B testing on the snippet, you'll add volatility into your rankings. And I've seen that volatility swing as much as seven places per day. So by day, you'll be at your ranking, down seven places, at your ranking, down seven places. And you could make that go away just by making sure that you're using an optimal meta description so that you're getting the ranking where you want to be, but not seeing the volatility. And you'll see it, you know, other websites around you will have static tuned meta descriptions and they won't be bouncing like that. Yeah, you're right. I think um, the magnet, this that's the exact opposite of what you want to do. In fact, what you want to do, if Ted's theory is correct and, and it wouldn't hurt it wouldn't hurt to assume it is because I don't see any risk in, in doing what I'm about to say. You should put a couple keywords, put your main keyword in your meta description. And that way, uh, Google will use it. Hopefully, Google will use it. And hopefully, then you won't do that fluctuation. So instead, the exact opposite of what you ask, you should fill out the meta description. You should use the, the proper word length, which I believe is about 150 characters now for mobile. And you should make sure your, your, your keyword's in there. So on my best Red Apple's money page, I'm going to say you, all caps you, you, because don't forget, you have to make it clickbaity as well for people to click it. So I would use this tool here. Let me give you a tool I use to, uh, to uh, it's called the Google SERP emulator. It's made by this dude out in uh, in Australia, I believe. He's a, he's, this is a great tool. I love using it. So let me put it here in the chat. It's at the bottom of the chat here. It should be anyway, yeah. And, um, uh, let me see. I'm just going to go back to where I was here. There we go. So I would use this tool. And I think it's 150 characters you need now. And uh, I would, you know, you, all caps, you can get the best red apples, uh, free shipping, 24 hour, you know, 24 hour, free shipping, 24 hour delivery, whatever kind of bonuses you can put in there. And I also put best red apples. I put my, my keywords in there. So there's no re you want your keywords in there. You want it to be clickbaity. You want to, you want to sell, you want to put your sales value propositions in there, whatever bonuses you could put in there. If you got free shipping, you got 24 hour shipping, you got free shipping on orders over a hundred bucks. If you don't have something like that, get something like that. You know, you have free parking if it's local, you know, whatever it is, you know, free quote, free, free estimate, whatever kind of sales value propositions you can put in there, put in there. Cause it's a, it's a micro sale on, on every, it's, it's as a micro conversion or a micro sale on every decision. Should I click there is make it stand out. Should I click this? You've got to make a sale every time, right? Okay. So Scott asks, Google now allows 300 characters in the meta description. Does having a longer description help hurt or don't change? Scott, I don't know if we actually tested that because now my group and my sister group here, we're up to like 200 or tests, different single variable tests. So I can't remember off the top of my head. But I know that uh, they've been testing the length of the meta description, then the word that was the amount that was being uh, uh, banded around by various SEOs was 150 characters on mobile. 
So um, you definitely want to make sure you're under 150. Make it as short as possible and then test it in, in the syrup. Test it on desktop, test it on mobile, and make sure if it, it, it fits entirely. That's probably what you want to do. So I pulled a uh, recent chart here for meta description length, and it looks like people are largely dialing in between 100 and 175. Um, but there's no correlation on this. The uh, correlation coefficients are close to zero, which means whatever your measurement is, its effect on ranking is like flipping a coin, so no correlation. Wonderful. And that's another excellent example of what Core can do for you. When we haven't done a single variable test, that is the de facto standard right there, that Cora test right there, because he's checking the correlations on on thousands of pages simultaneously on that one query. And you could easily just do 10 more queries if you want and, and show you again how it comes up a bunch of times. So, uh, so and that's, that's a good thing because Cora, you can laser focus to your specific niche. So thank you, Ted, for sharing that. That's fantastic. Um, then uh, Matus asks, Josh, John Mueller recently said that changing word order in title tag shouldn't impact SEO. Have you tested it? Yes, we did a single variable test on this and no, it was a null result. We did not see any changes by changing around the word order. Um, I think if you added human beings in that equation, you get a different result. I think uh, human beings are gonna wanna see certain words based on what they're looking for. So again, you gotta keep in mind, it's a, it's an advertisement. They gotta, it's gotta be clickbaity and they gotta click it. If they don't click your result, it doesn't matter how way you're ranking. Oh, Jordan is here. Hey, Jordan, how you doing? I can send you the URL if you want to join, brother. Just say here if you want to join. Uh, Jordan is a Black Hat SEO who specializes in black in local stuff, so he's definitely a good guy to have on here. Uh, uh, Papi Duif, is that French? I'm not sure. What about when Google ignores your SEO title and in the SERPs and uses it, what things should be displayed? Can that be manipulated? That's a great question. I believe the solution, in my opinion, and Ted, I don't know if you agree or disagree. Uh, please, by all means, feel free to, to disagree with me if you do. But I think the solution to that is, is what Ted also said for the meta description, is that you have to make sure the title is on topic. That is to say, it has to have the keyword in it. So again, on my best, um, best Red Apple's uh, money page, the title should say, you know, um, uh, wow, exclamation mark, uh, get some of the best Red Apples in 2018 or something like that. Uh, or wow, top five best red apples 2018. And I like to put wow in it because it, it makes it stand out. People see it. Uh, I like I like to I like to then I use the keyword in it, and then uh, I put you can get. So again, it's it's enticing. And then uh, I put 2018 at the at the back of the title if I have room because I like to have the uh, the date signal in there. It seems to give me a bit of a freshness boost and or it seems to boost CTR. So uh, I like doing it that way. What about you, Ted? Do you do the same kind of thing? Well, uh, typically when I see Google rewrite a title, they're oftentimes uh, doing entity recognition on a brand and then adding that brand to the title. Um, so if you forget to say the name of your website, uh, Google will sometimes add it for you at the end of your title. Yeah. As a result, if you have a long title, then your title gets truncated or they snip at something else. Um, so, you know, the, the key around that is to, you know, try and make sure that if you're in a niche where 
Google likes to display the brand, make sure you display the brand in the title. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's beyond the character limit, then they might not throw it in. We'd have to test that and play with that. But it's very interesting why they would want to do that. They are, that was just um, that was a convention totally made up by SEOs, I think, originally, and maybe some WordPress templates. And now, now people expect it, and so Google is adding it. Like that's kind of a weird uh, circular thing in, in my mind. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know why you would ever want to put the brand name there, unless the brand name is important. Uh, for people, for brand recognition to know where they want to buy from. And well, that should tell you, you need to have a strong brand that people recognize and um, trust. Because if Google thinks it's so important to put your brand name in the title, if you didn't put it there, clearly it's it's as important as whatever you're saying in the title. So yeah. Really what, interesting. what Google is doing is they're trying to make it appear that all of their results that they offer in search are different. And even though they are, because it's just a small bit of text and a search result, it's easy for things to look the same. And so when you get a bunch of people that are all targeting Seattle plumber, it can look pretty repetitive and identical. So when it becomes Seattle plumber, roto router, Seattle plumber, you know, drain pro, Seattle pr plumber, serve pro, uh, by combining that brand, what they're getting is the perception of different entities. And it, it's an honest perception, but they, they try to add it in because they don't want all their search results to look the same. And the number one most yeah. common title pattern is keyword hyphen brand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, especially with the way that the WordPress templates are working these days. So, yeah, that could be very, very, very well the case as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult. I was looking at some some SERPs today, actually, uh, bathroom renovations in Perth, uh, Melbourne, and Sydney, and they look so the same. It's just everything, all the sites look exactly the same, and it's the only thing that stands out is the map listing and and the ads. And I'm like, well, you know, if anybody wants to compete here, you better differentiate yourself because otherwise your eyes just glaze over. It's like all the same kind of crap, a block of the same crap, and then ads at the bottom and ads at the top. The ads are going to get all the clicks. So, so you better differentiate yourself, uh, otherwise you're not going to succeed there. And it was actually surprisingly competitive as well. The magnet reminds me, SERPWorks. SERPWorks is the S-E-R-P-W-O-R-X is the other tool that I recommend. That's true. It's, it's a SERP overlay. Uh, it's, it's a really good one. Uh, I, like, I like the metrics it gives. It's, it's, in my mind, a lot of the most important metrics and none of the other stuff that, in my mind, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, uh, any tips on ranking for map uh, the map pack for three pack for service businesses in larger cities? Yeah, um, have be geographically located in the in the demographic center for that city or close to wherever the searcher is if they're on mobile uh, or even on uh, their IP address on their desktop. Uh, make sure you have good reviews. Fill out your Google My Business completely. Uh, if you can get a 360 degree uh, review, a tour, do so. Um, those are the things that I would recommend right away. Uh, again, fill out your Google My Business completely. Make sure you don't spam it in terms of the categories. Don't say you do chiropractic and massage if you don't do those things. Just say the three main things you do uh, in your categories. And uh, at least there were there were three. There were five last time I checked anyway. And three is the magic number you want to fill in. And um, uh, make sure people are commenting. Make sure you have good reviews, good comments. Uh, make sure, uh, for the most part, as much as you can, 
Uh, if you can get a level five or level six guide to come in and make a comment and or, and or review you and talk about you, that'll help as well. It seems to help as well. Uh, that to be local probably to that area. And, um, and people have talked about citations. Again, the citations I talk about there are from Yelp, Amazon, Facebook, those kinds of things. Um, that's, in my opinion, kind of what you need to do, plus all the other SEO stuff you need to do. Jordan is a good a local guy as well. If you have some comments and in, in, you want to put it in the comments, I would appreciate it, Jordan. Speaking of which, Jordan mentions, he says that foundation links are pillow links using Web 2.0s. Again, I don't necessarily know what pillow links means, but I don't like the word Web 2.0s. See, for me, as a white hat, so I'm talking as a white hat now. So, I mean, black hats, you guys do whatever you want, fine. <laughs> but talking as a white hat now, that is, is a little too risky for me. I would never build Web 2.0s to, to any sites that I care about. Um, I, I, on all my links, I want, I'm, I'm acquiring links. He puts choirs and scare quotes people for the podcast people. Um, I'm acquiring them in scare in square quotes just as much as a black hat is. Uh, but, uh, which I guess makes me a black hat too, technically, but to stay on the white hat side, um, I'm never using web 2.0s cause they don't have plausible deniability. I'm never using any public login kind of websites, always a private login where authors, I have relationships with authors and, and they might throw me a link from this side or that, that side, that kind of a deal. Um, Michael asks, what's the best way to get keyword variations for Page Optimizer Pro? That's a great question. So on Page Optimizer Pro, by the way, if you guys have any SEO questions about this or anything else, before I forget, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. That's joshbashinsky, B-A-C-H-Y-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. And ask me any SEO questions about Page Optimizer Pro. I'll give you uh, five uh, five free credits for that. If you want to try Cora out, I would strongly recommend using Cora. And maybe even you can get into the beta testing. I'm, I'm I, I, that's a big question mark on that. I'm not the guy, but maybe Ted, if you're in Cora, maybe he'll let you beta test some of this rank tracker stuff, which is going to be crazy. Uh, so if you want a, a discount on Cora, email me again. Uh, it's bit bit.ly/slash get dash Cora for 25% off. But you can also email me if you want to check out Cora. Um, so Page Optimizer Pro question. Um, the best way to get keyword variations for Page Optimizer Pro is to do the search in Google and see what Google bolds. And that would be probably be the best way to get the keyword variations on there. And you have to use some common sense. Uh, it'll it'll auto-generate that as well, I believe. And you have to use some common sense in editing those. Um, okay. Um, the magnet says, Ted, but Google will sometimes ignore your meta descriptions and so you can still fall prey to the A-B testing. Yeah. yeah um, That's the piece we don't know. Yeah. What causes Google to uh, pick the snippet? And so we don't, it doesn't always kick in. And sometimes it kicks in when you don't want it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that that the third the third kind of piece there. I, I I my best guess, my hypothesis is it's traffic. It could also be um, I'm gonna say quality, and quality is usually traffic, but it could also be filtering on your page. Sometimes over optimization will cause these kind of problems. Um, uh, I'm seeing really interesting stuff out there in the SERPs these days, uh, where over optimization in the past can sometimes get stuck in Google. And they still think you should rank for tungsten wedding ring when you remove the word tungsten from your site completely and now you're selling silver rings, for example. They, they still get in there. Sometimes Google gets confused in their head and they still think you're, you're a site for tungsten when, when you remove tungsten from the site entirely, just for example. 
So, so that can definitely happen. Um, I don't know if that's Panda related. So there are other algorithms that, that work together in Google and, and this could be one of them for sure. And also they can, they can start split testing you. They can start AB testing you. They can start moving you up or down at random dancing you, whether you have that meta description filled in or not. So it, this is, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the meta description as far as we know. Um, because then uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Ted's correlations would have shown that, that the, the, the dancing only happens when the meta description is not filled in. Ted, do you have that information? Is that true or is that untrue? That it only dances when the meta description is not filled in or it, dancing at other times as well. It actually backs the conversation up to 30,000 feet to uh, intentional SEO versus accidental SEO. And right. so most of the time when I see Google picking the snippet, it's when a page ranks for a keyword that it isn't optimized for. So they'll oftentimes have a meta description that's targeting their primary term and uh, Google will pick the snippet for all of the secondary terms. So the important thing is that any keywords you care about are tuned for and accounted for in the meta description where you wanna minimize your volatility. You can never eliminate it 100% because there will always be keywords that you rank for that you're not tuned for. Right, for sure. Keith actually, Keith Evans is here. Hey, Keith. Keith actually had a really good suggestion. He said, uh, click now for a free in quotations with a dot, dot, dot. And then he says, a free what? And the point is, they will click to learn more, which increases your click-through rate. That could be a good good tactic. Um, it's like, click now for a free dot, dot, dot. And you don't know what the free is. And so they click it to find out what, what the a free what? what? What do I get if I, and as a call to action, don't do not underestimate how good a call to action how, how well that boosts your, your clicks when it, you say, click here. People are, at the end of the day, most people are sheeple. If you give them an order, they will follow it, right? It works in martial arts and it works in sales as well. So if, if, you, if you're like, just click now for a free, they're like, hmm, what? And they'll click. The only problem with that, Keith, is that if they don't like your, whatever you're, you're on your page and bounce back is a ranking factor, which I don't think it is, but some people say it is. We're testing it right now. Um, if bounce back is a bad ranking factor, then if they go to your page and don't like what they see and they bounce back, that, that could be an issue. But I don't think it will be because I don't think bounce back is a ranking factor. I don't think bounce back alone is a ranking factor. Um, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, I don't see many more uh, questions for me. That's fantastic. Okay, guys. So, uh, Ted, let's move to our final segment. Final thoughts, based on our conversations today, do you have any other things you want to say? Any other um, kind of caveats and addendums? Um, well, I'm learning a lot of stuff building this rank tracker. So it's uh, uh, definitely actionable data and seeing how the world changes around your website is just fascinating data. Let's not call it a rank tracker. I, I have a suggestion. Let's see if Ted likes it. And let's see if the people in the chat like it. If you like what I'm about to, if you like what I'm about to say, say yes or or, or, or retype it in. Instead of calling a, a rank tracker, why don't we call it a rank dominator? Because it it literally dominates the SERPs. It literally watches everything. It doesn't just track your rankings. It tracks everything that's going on, and it's going to make all these correlations between your rankings and changes. Yeah. So I think we should call it rank dominator. Ted, what do you think? 
It's an interesting idea. And you're right, like most rank trackers, they'll, they'll let you monitor your website and a handful of competitors' websites. Uh, but what mine's doing is it's looking at the motion of the top 100 results all in parallel for all of your keywords. So you see all the movers and shakers. That's nuts. <laughs> how they're changing. But yeah, we should call it rank dominator uh, uh, correlation tool or something. I don't know. If you guys like rank dominator, put it, type it in the chat there if you like rank dominator. Steven says rank dominant, dom, dominatrix. <laughs> Jordan P says rank terminator. Ooh, rank terminator is pretty good. I like that, Jordan. Okay, so yeah, um, this is nuts. So so again, uh, maybe email me if you want some uh, some some preliminary access to this thing, and I'll keep your emails on file. And as soon as as soon as uh, Ted has some kind of beta for this crazy thing, uh, I, I'll I'll let you guys know. But this is gonna be nuts to get uh, to get uh, familiar with with the way his correlations work and Cora works and his software works. You might want to sign on to Cora now. So again, I have twenty five percent off Cora. Email me, joshpashinsky at gmail.com, or just go to bit.ly slash get-cora, and I believe that's the link for 25% off. Um, yeah, that's that's nuts. Um, it, it really is going to be crazy. Uh, I would like to just uh, add a, a final thought there too. So, when, you know, I, I, again, so you, you told me what 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 uh, <laughs> pillow links are or what, what all these other fluff links or whatever they're called. I don't know. You know, again... It's it's um it's kind of a, a a a fine line. So like imagine we're at a university campus and all the black hats are over in the genetics lab and they're all injecting themselves with new genetic material to see what's going on. It's not like I'm saying don't do that. Hey, go crazy, inject yourself with CRISPR all you like, you know. But I'm I'm the medical doctor over in the med hall and I got to fix all these problems, you know. That some that, you know because it's not like the black hats don't say. Be careful, right? Every black hat I've met has never been an unscrupulous person. They've always been really careful and said, hey, don't do this if you're unsure or, or realize the risk you're taking. And so you guys are out there doing crazy experiments, inserting yourself in genetic material. And I'm I'm the medical doctor over in the in the hospital for this, this university who's like, you know, what's that going to do to you? I have no idea. I've never tested that. All I know is what's in my medical textbooks. And what's in my medical textbook is based on empirical science testing. So and I know how to fix you and make you better based on that. I don't know how to fix you and make you better based on all these crazy genetic experiments you're doing. So it's not to say that you can't do that. It's just to say, not to say that I have a problem with you guys doing that. You could do that all you like. It's just uh, when it comes to the problem for me is when it comes to people coming to me and they're like, you know, and they're like, okay, you know, I, they're on my monthly services, for example. And I'm like, okay, I do these three things on monthly services. I do on page, I do off page which breaks down to social and links. And then I'll do conversion rate optimization. And they're like, okay, when are we going to set up a Google stack? Never. I'm never going to set up a Google stack. Why, why would I ever set up a Google stack? One, not that I haven't tested them. I have actually. And, and they do seem to give some juice. But in that particular case, that's juice from a Google site that Google could turn off like that. I could email John Mueller and probably have them turned off tomorrow. If I said, hey, John, I've, I've run some independent testing and it still looks like even though those links are no follow, they're still passing juice because our test pages still go up every time we, we link from a Google site. It's one link out of many links you're going to need. And I already have a reliable system to get all the links I need. So why would I deviate into something that I've barely tested that's kind of iffy, right? It's like, uh, it's like um, 
I can't even think of a proper example. It's like, I want to hit a certain bench press weight and I know I can hit it by just taking proper protein, over the counter protein. And this guy's like, well, here's some steroids. You could use a steroid. And I'm, I'm like, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but it's kind of iffy. I'm just going to use the, 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 the standard way of doing it because I know it's going to get me there anyway. Yeah. And, and you're just uh, making a point. You're not actually going to narc on anybody's tactic. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because I don't need to. Uh, if we're having a negative, if we're having an SEO competition, then I might have to use my, my John Mueller contact. No, but no, 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 no. I, I hate doing negative SEO. I'm not one of those white hats who would complain to Google. Uh, because I find it far too interesting. And if you guys, and, and like I say, if you guys over your crazy genetic lab suddenly all become the Hulk, I might want to become the Hulk too. So you know, I might jump ship and be like, okay, sure. I might go to go to the genetic lab and be like, hit me up with some of that. Uh, you know, so th that's entirely possible as well. I'm keeping. I'm the white hat. I, I guess that makes me a gray hat because because we've we've our roles are reversed. You become the black hat. I become the gray hat because uh, I I will use any tactic that's 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 uh, the best for the client. It depends on the client, right? Some clients need to be super squeaky clean. Some clients want to uh, want to go push the limits and go black hat no matter what. So if you guys have any more SEO questions, go ahead and put them there in the chat. If you guys have any more questions for, for us. Um, yeah, so I just want to make that clear that I have no problem with any black hats and I have no problem with you guys trying things out. Where, where I have the problem is is where people either A, start arguing with me that 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 just for example, uh, link, you have to use link detox because the disavow is a useful thing to do. And I'm like, well, that you don't have any, you don't have any evidence of that claim. Never mind the evidence that it doesn't work. Like, pre, pre, give me some evidence first that it does work. You know, one or two when when they're trying to rank their sites and they ask me questions like, okay, when am I going to use a Google stack? And I'm like, again, why would you ever do that? I, in, in my opinion, never. You would never use a Google stack. Um, but you know, ranking your sites, you guys can go crazy, do whatever you want. So I don't see any other questions, so that's fine. So thanks very much, guys, for watching. This has been the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I would like to thank our now Black Hat co-host, <laughs> but usually Gray Hat co-host, Ted Kabaitis. Uh, Tune in next week where we're going to show you more crazy stuff. If you have any SEO questions at all, you want to see the testing we've done, uh, oh, I should remind you, um, not this Thursday, not tomorrow, but next week I'm doing my uh, fourth, I'm doing my monthly SEO 101 course uh, I do have paid educational solutions and now uh, that's my mentor group and they get a, both a weekly meeting and they get uh, 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 a monthly course, an SEO 101 course where I go over all my experiments and I also will show you how to rank and I'll show you all the stuff that I would do. Uh, this uh, next week, if I recall correctly, I'm going to show uh, all the quality uh, algorithms and how they work in my opinion and how you need to optimize for quality and how you can use some tools to do that. And some really cool stuff. And I'll be going over my SEO audit, actually, and all the stuff I do in my audit and all the stuff that's uh, important to go for in there. And my audits have uh, really good results. Uh, uh, I've never had someone take an audit and not get better results from it. That only happened one time, and it's because he didn't do anything in the audit, in, in the report. <laughs> so he emails me back. He's like, I, I got your audit a month ago, and nothing's happened. I'm like, well, first off, a month is a little short. Two, did you follow the audit report? No. Okay, well, <laughs> then how is it magically going to help you rank any better? So uh, so anyway, so if you want more information about that, email me at joshbrzezinski at gmail.com, and I will put you into the appropriate group. And so uh, with that, thanks very much. And as I always say, uh, good luck in the SERPs, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.